God, I mean, I can even feel tears coming to my eyes as you're describing it. It's like, I feel loved and cared for and my heart, yeah, I feel safe. Like you were saying, my heart feels softer mm. having been experimenting and exploring this for a long time. The feeling of being cared for is now and loved is now associated with, oh, okay, like now I can actually open. Now I can trust this person that if I can bring my heart, then I can bring my body too in a way that my body's going to be cared for and loved. And it's going to be an intimate, beautiful experience. Welcome to Men This Way, the podcast for every man who seeks to live his deepest purpose in life, who's committed to showing up fully and giving his unique gifts to the world. Because if not you, then who? I'm your host and fellow journeyman, Brian Reeves. Brian with a Y, Reeves. Men, this way. Are you able to have honest conversations about sex with your partner and in ways that bring you closer together rather than push you apart? If not, would you like to learn how? And do you buy into the myth of happy sex as most men do? Well, in this episode, my guest Shayna James and I mine these questions and more for useful insights to make a meaningful difference in your life. Shayna James is a brilliant and insightful woman who's been working closely with men as a relationship coach for two decades. And she's just come out with a new book, which caught my eye as soon as I saw it. It's called Honest Sex, a passionate path to deepen connection and keep relationships alive. I just love that title, Honest Sex. And this book is an honest and expansive take on how you can have the emotionally and sexually satisfying relationship that both you and your partner desire and deserve. And today, Shana and I dive into topics such as the myth of happy sex, how to have honest conversations about sex, and the shame and the fear around talking about sex that are so common. We talk about how to speak about sex soon in the early dating phase with someone, and how to approach sex talk if you've been burying things for decades. We also go through the common complaints of men and women around sex, and we dive into what sex and orgasm actually even are beyond the limited ideas modern culture tends to give us. We talk about all that and more. But before we dive in, men, listen up. My year-long Elevate 2023 coaching adventure for men is almost full. I've only got five spots left at the time of this recording. Now, this is my third year running this year-long coaching experience, and I've got to tell you, it is life-changing for men. To finally be surrounded by strong, like-hearted, trustable other men, including myself as your coach and facilitator for the journey, for an entire year. To know that you don't have to carry the burdens of your life alone anymore. That support is all around you. To be witnessed in all your carrying in your life. To be celebrated in the ways you are already succeeding. And to be challenged to up your game in the areas of life that are most important to you, well, Elevate is proving to be a priceless, life-changing experience for men. But more than my word, hear the words of actual men who've experienced Elevate. I feel like I'm a different person. I see the world in a different, through a different lens. It says never too late, but I wish I would have done this uh, 20 years ago. <laughs> I'm 48 years old now. I wish I would have done that 20 years ago. My experience in Elevate 2022 has been one of the most enlightening, emotional, spiritual journeys that I have been on in my life. I've done a lot of things. I've done a lot of retreats, a lot of, you know, self-help, self-inner work. And this had so many amazing different elements to it. It was something I think that I, I don't know. I didn't know that I needed it. But I've, but I've needed it. So if you're ready to elevate your life in 2023, I am now accepting applications. 
at brianreeves.com slash elevate. Remember, it's Brian with a Y, reeves.com slash elevate. And at the time of this recording, we've already filled five of 10 available spots. So only five remain. Again, go to brianreeves.com slash elevate and apply today. Do not delay. The life you are destined to live is waiting for you. If this speaks to you, go apply at brianreeves.com slash elevate. All right, back to my conversation with Shana James. Take a deep breath and stay present with us all the way through to the end of this episode of Men This Way. All right. Let's dive. Miss Shana James, welcome to Men This Way. It's a it's an honor to have you on, and this is long overdue. Thank you. I feel really excited to be here and, and honored to be here. How are you feeling today? Tender, <laughs> excited, hopeful. Yeah, all all the things. I all think the that things. All, all the all the feels. Yeah. Mm. Same. I'm feeling uh, a little nervous, also tender for various, well, it's so interesting. You know, we, we do this check-in in men's work a lot. What are, yeah. what are we feeling? Yep. And I've been doing this for years and still there's that part of me that wants to rush to the explanation. Explanation, right. Oh, right. Because these things are happening versus like, okay, this is just what's here. What I'm exactly viscerally experiencing, feeling, <laughs> humaning. <laughs> That's right. I'm feeling tender because this. I'm feeling right. nervous because that. Which sometimes it's helpful, but it doesn't, right? It's not always necessary because I think like we train ourselves to think we have to have a reason or we have to know and then we have to fix it. And then. And the minimizing of it. Oh, it's just, I'm feeling a little bit tender. I'm feeling a little right. bit nervous. It's no big deal. You know, it's not. Oh, a man. Thing, so, you know. <laughs> that's a good one like if I was really honest uh, you know there's so many times where I'm like I'm so fucking raw uh -huh. <laughs> like, yeah yesterday I felt like I was like wanted to crawl out of my skin or yesterday was actually the day I released my paperback on a sex and it was like a celebratory day and also I felt like yeah it was like I was being scraped from the inside like something was so uncomfortable about it <laughs> Wow. Well, um, yeah. I'm glad you're here. Welcome to Men This Way. It's good to be here with you and to be with someone who, right, we can actually be real. Yeah, be real. So, uh, Shane, I'm really excited for what we're going to be exploring today, talking about some of the, the things that you talk about in your new book, Honest Sex. But before we dive into that, to help our listeners get to know you a little bit more, uh, yeah. I would I would love for you to to share a story or a, a something a, a significant event or experience in your early life in a, whatever age occurs for you uh, that played yeah. a fundamental role in shaping you as a woman. Yeah. So I think about a time in my probably mid twenties, which feels like early life at this point to me, mm. when I was on a team of women giving feedback to men. So there was a course called the Authentic Man Program where I got to be on a team of women and we would come in and do exercises with men and give them real time feedback. And the way I frame it is it's like we were honest and loving. And so we brought some of the things that, you know, often stay behind the curtain mm. and that men are kind of like, what the hell is going on in there? But not with shame or blame or attack or, you know, any of that, just actually getting to share the impact. And at the end of one of these workshops, a man who I talked to about him in my TEDx talk, um, you know, he was just in tears and he said that he'd been going through this painful divorce and he was trying to raise his kid and trying to figure out if he even wanted to be alive. I mean, it was just mm -hmm. like, you know, it was the depth of that struggle and suffering. And he had, he said, you know, you, especially the team of women brought me back with your love and care and support. And like, I, now I want to be alive now. I want to, I want to do this. And it was one of the first moments I think that I was let in to the behind the curtain of what's going on with men, you know, behind the facades and the masks and that sense of, Oh my God, men don't, 
just have it together. And, you know, in my younger years, I, I was always actually friends with, you know, the guys who weren't the cool guys and the nerdy guys. And so I always had a special place for them in my heart, but I also had some of my own, um, you know, all men are, all boys are oh, like yeah. all they want is sex and all they want is this. Mm -hmm. And they, and, and so in that moment was one of the kind of defining moments of where I got to unravel those stories and really see the pain and suffering that men go through. And it, I mean, it has radically changed me to the point mm. where I have such deep love and compassion for mm. what, you know, people go through, but, but especially men go through and, um, yeah, I mean, I would say it's interesting for the women who are listening, right? That shift of actually being able to see men as human has brought into my life now, like some of the most caring, generous, loving, deep men. Whereas a lot of women struggle, I think with, you know, men are not emotionally available and men are this and men are that. Like, it's just not even my experience anymore. So I'm seeing how my shifting who I believe men to be had a, 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 you know, a wild impact on my life in so many ways. I mean, as a man myself, you know, I'm 48 years exquisitely aged. When I was, I think it was 39, maybe 40-ish, I think I really started doing men's work, like men's work with other men probably 39 or 40, something like that. So not, not that long ago, eight, nine years ago. Yeah. And one of the things that really shocked me was how much I didn't like other men. Mm -mm. I didn't trust other yeah. men. I didn't know that. And it never occurred to me that I didn't trust other men, that I too had all these stories about what men are and they weren't good things for the most part. And, you know, coming from the military background, also being in a fraternity in college. So, you know, I had, I had lots of male friends, but I didn't <laughs> have, I didn't hold men in high regard yeah. because of what I experienced in yeah. common male culture. And, you know, since then, wow, you know, having been able to, in my coaching work and having been able to get behind the facades and have the mm -hmm. real conversations, holy shit, discovering the true sensitivity of men that lies you know buried beneath a lifetime of pain and programming and conditioning programming right all of that so i think i think i i love hearing you speak to that from a woman's perspective and i think just from even from a man's perspective because i am a man and if i'm loathing towards other men well what does that say about then you're loathing towards yourself exactly. right yeah so how, how long ago was that? That was a couple 20 something years, 20 something years ago. And so yes. you've been working with men in, and in what capacity, like bring us into your experience. What have you been doing with men and what capacity and you know, what yeah. are, yeah, well, let's just start there. Yeah. So ever since then I've been coaching and supporting men around relationships and leadership. Uh, oftentimes men who are single and don't want to be, you know, and, and, and confused, like, why is this not happening? And mm. what, why aren't women responding to me in the way that I want them to? And so oftentimes it's at this point when I was younger, it was a lot of younger men now that I'm similarly, what did you say? Exquisitely aged, exquisitely 46 aged. years, exquisitely <laughs> aged. Yeah. You know, I actually work with a lot of men who've gone through divorce or breakup of a long-term relationship and, and they're trying to, they want to start over, but they don't want to do it the same way as before. And, you know, there's some skin in the game where there's this recognition of like, Ooh, okay. I had a role in that. And unless I actually, you know, acknowledge and work through what caused me to play that role, I'm going to do the same thing over again, unconsciously. So I like, sometimes I call it human practice because a lot of men I work with identify as nice guys and it's hard to say what they want. Sometimes even hard to know what they want mm -hmm. and hard to then create mm -hmm. a depth and intimacy. And so we get to practice that together. Wow. I think 
that might be a great segue into our, our conversation because I can certainly relate as a man throughout my 20s and 30s. Even if I knew what I wanted, I, I felt I had so much shame around communicating it. So I just wouldn't. And also, I was disconnected from my desire for so long because, well, I mean, I suppose layered, layered reasons, but one of them being, you know, nobody ever really told me it was okay to mm -hmm. have desire. In fact, quite yeah. the opposite. I, I was, was going to say, or you were shamed for having the desires. Yeah. Shamed for having desire. And, you know, I had, there were two choices as a boy. One, I can be the bad boy and be mm -hmm. thought of as the guy, the kid that just wants to get in a girl's pants. Mm -hmm. And I knew that, I don't know, somehow, you know, with two moms and three sisters, I kind of knew that that's not the way to go. Yeah. <laughs> and the other route is to just pretend I have no desire. I pretend I don't have any sexual desire at all. And right. neither one of those places felt good, but you know, I chose the internal castration route Yes, right. and suffered. So painful. And of course my partners suffered potential and otherwise speak right. in, 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 so your book, honest sex, first off, great title. Oh, thank you. It's so fun. Okay. So just to be transparent, there is a part of me that I look at that and I'm like, <gasps> did I really write a book that has like sex right on the cover and I put it out in the world and it feels vulnerable, you know? Yeah. Well, and to, just in case you didn't notice, it's the biggest word on the cover. It is the biggest sex. Word. sex. <laughs> I'm looking at a picture of it right now. It's <laughs> like sex. And so you've, you've, you've come out with it. I've come out. I mean, look, men are dying to talk about this openly more, but in, 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 in ways that, you know, what I see men, a lot of men either, again, there's this sort of bipolar experience mm -hmm. that men have either. They feel like I just have to be demanding and assertive, which really becomes aggressive in many yeah. ways and resorting to all kinds of, of tactics to get what they want, mm -hmm. uh, whether you know, I mean, even just manipulation or, or using guilt or, or pouting, you know, there's the, how, how dare yeah. you reject me and the, the ways that, that, that men can punish women for not giving yeah. them what they want. Um, or again, just, just shutting up about it and hoping. Shutting down, right? Collapsing. Hoping she gets a clue. <laughs> yeah. So it's so interesting, right? I mean, not, not to judge because. Uh -huh. That's not what I'm here to do, but both of those, right, are more of like a a younger response to the situation, right? Mm. And that's my goal in honest sex is to help people find a more mature way to be honest. Um, the pouting or the demanding, and it like it, you know, whether whatever gender we're talking about, it's just not inspiring to anyone yeah. when someone pouts at us or demands at us, but. I, I get that that comes from a sense of feeling powerless, right? Even the um, the demand, which seems very powerful, often comes from that place of feeling powerless. I don't know any other way. Right. Yeah. You know, I think about that in my own parenting. Like there are times where I'm like, how else do I get this kid to do something besides just laying down the law, which I'm not very good at that part. But, um, you know, I can, I can feel that impetus of like, what else am I supposed to do here? And I think people don't realize oh, this is a team collaborative, you know, conversation, uh, relationship. Like, how do we actually talk about this stuff in a way that doesn't just push it away and deny it or make demands of each other? Yeah. I was uh, watching, if you, uh, it's okay if you've ever watched this show, uh, Bachelor in Paradise. I haven't watched that one, but I'm I... talking to myself here. It's okay. okay. Watch that. I'm speaking to me, just to be clear. <laughs> Look, I blame my wife, but the truth is, I actually, it's a fascinating show. You actually, yeah. It's, it's great. Kind of, Those shows are fascinating human dynamics and, right. I, I think this is humanity's attempt to understand itself better. We just throw mm -hmm. ourselves into these really bizarre, contrived, relational, dynamic situations and then watch what totally. happens. Totally. I was a matchmaker on an MTV show called Are You the One at one point, which is another one of those. Okay. And yeah. I watched it after and I just yeah. like love right. It was that guilty pleasure. Oh my God. This yeah. is so fun. There was this one 
part just happened in a recent episode and I did a video about this because I just I was so viscerally grossed out by it where uh, a young man is essentially being broken up with by a, a woman and was broken up with they've been hanging out with each other for like three days I mean yes. you know and, and they have they form deep relationships I mean it's 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 a it's a bizarre show but anyway because she's cho now choosing another man and it's on his birthday and and he but he's he's on the way out and he knows it but he says this thing, he says to her, well, you know, it's my birthday. You're not going to kiss me on my birthday. Mm. And like, she's really trying to peel away from him and honor what's happening with her and another man. And he throws this manipulative, just gross. Yeah. Well, it's my birthday. Aren't you going to kiss me? Aren't and, you? Guy, and it was just, I just viscerally felt in my body the, oh man. And you could see her twisting in her insides. And of course she uh. kisses him. She does. And then we find out from her uh, that she immediately felt gross about it. And of course it right. caused a riff with her and this other guy. And, and it's like, just the, it just, but that, aren't you going to kiss me? It's my birthday. Yeah. You know, I had that on a date once where a guy said, what, I don't get a kiss or something. And I was like, right. Oh, like, well, like somehow I yeah. owe it to you Yeah. again. Yeah. I mean, I'm not here to judge. I actually like yeah. think like you, I want to try to understand or make sense of where do those thoughts come from? And I think it is that sense of feeling scarce and powerless. And I don't know how to get what I want, which again, I go back to like the collaborative way. Right. Um, you know, we don't learn that. We don't learn that. This is one of the things I read in my book too. We don't learn. I think everybody, not every, everyone in our field, I think recognizes this, right? Like we don't have an emotional education or relational education. We, we learn math, we learn science, we learn history, but we don't learn how to relate to people, which is what we're doing every day, yeah. you know, which is at the heart of, of everything we do. And it creates so much pain. And I know that men, and women listening have have heard or experienced uh issued some similar statement as aren't you gonna do this like i deserve mm -hmm. this i you mm -hmm. owe me kind of thing look I, i've done it in my past no yeah, doubt we all have so let's 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 dive into this because okay. you know i know uh, even when i did that video i had i had a guy reach out to me and said my my wife sent me this video and and because she's trying to show me what i do and and so what's the you know what's the alternative like how yeah. so but let's 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 dive into some of the topics that you talk about in your book and and specifically one that leaps out to me is yeah. this this myth of happy sex what mm -hmm. are you talking about <laughs> what is the myth of happy sex the myth of happy sex so the myth of happy sex is that somehow we have to get back to happy and we have to, you know, that that's the way we're going to have sex. We have to feel good and feel happy and feel light and not feel raw and real and tender and all the things. So in the book, I talk about a story where I was with a partner and we were, we weren't having sex yet. We were just starting to kiss and make out. And he looked at me and he was like, you're not really here, are you? And I was like, oh. I mean, it took him actually pointing that out to me for me to realize that I wasn't actually really present. Mm. And then what I came to discover because he was loving and wasn't pushing and, you know, wasn't feeling the scarcity of like, all right, if we don't have sex now, when's the next time we're going to have sex? Because we didn't see each other very often. I realized that I had been at a funeral that day and I was grieving and my, I was, you know, I was just mess, a mess inside. But I was trying to get back to fine and be good and enjoy the time I had. And and the beautiful thing that happened is that, you know, he just held space for me while I sobbed and felt and cried. And we ended up making love and it was beautiful and mm -hmm. sacred and connected. And um, a lot of experiences I have had, a lot of my favorite sexual experiences have been where there is this rawness and there are tears that come or there's wrestling with emotions and anger. And so I think that one for me is, you know, not needing to put on a facade for each other that we can mm -hmm. actually meet. I, I feel like all of those places are doorways for connection mm -hmm. when we allow them to be and when we 
practice being raw and vulnerable with each other and receiving each other's vulnerability. And to me, and I'm willing to be wrong about this, but to me, what I've seen is that's what has connection and passion deepen and then stay alive. Okay. Wow. All right. So this is rich. This is very rich. Okay. I want to slow down and not go too fast, which good love making tip, by the way, right? Exactly. <laughs> so <laughs> because there's so much that we could tie into what you just shared. So yeah. what, what I'm hearing is I know a lot of men also think my partner should just be thrilled, happy and thrilled. I said this to my wife uh, early in our relationship, half jokingly, Half jokingly, I knew what I was saying was ridiculous, (laughs) but it was also part of me that like kind of wants it. (laughs) It's like, I said, babe, look, if you're just happy and thrilled all the time, we'll be fine. Yeah. (laughs) Of course, (laughs) which made her kind of angry. Of course. You know, had the opposite effect as it will. But I was, I was joking mostly. Mostly. But it's good to acknowledge that we do want those things, even when we know they're not going to happen and they're not actually healthy. It's totally absurd. And the truth is, I don't actually want that. I mean, I right. want my wife to have a full range of emotions because I want to experience all the emotions of life. Yes. And so, um, but what I what I love about what you just shared that I really want to to emphasize and to, to dip into a little bit is, is in the moment that you weren't, let's just say, giving him what he might want. Yeah. Which, and I understand what you're saying. You were kissing him. You were actually engaging in, the, the, the physical activities of, mm-hmm. of a sexual or intimate interaction, but emotionally right. you weren't not present. Certainly not in the way that he would have in his heart of hearts want you to. Now, so, some men yes. tend to not care. Just give me your body. Right. Right. Which long-term doesn't go well. I don't think it goes well long-term yeah. for that relationship, maybe in the moment, but it doesn't cultivate trust, mm-hmm. safety, mm-hmm. right? Intimacy. And, and I, you know, I'm, I'm working with some men now, uh, you know, uh, that have been in partnerships for a long time that, that haven't known how to do this well. No. And so and now women, especially, with- I think men too, or people of all genders, but you know, women have a particular way of shutting down. And then I think men wonder like, why doesn't she want to have sex with me? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Why doesn't she want to have sex with me? That's right. So, so let's, so pause here for a moment because how do we enter this? Because this is so profound. So he he was he stopped. He was present with just what what is. Yeah. Present with what is, and 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 what I'm hearing is he inquired with you. He's curious. What's yeah. happening for you? Yeah. With love, right? And with with love, not with a sense of I owe him something, mm-hmm. and so we need to get back to this thing that we were engaged in, but like. What's really, what's really going on? I care about you. Right. Not, not why aren't you here for me? Why aren't you doing, why shouldn't this just be easier? I think that's a, like, why isn't this just working natural? (laughs) We don't see each other And let's be honest, right? I'm sure there, there was probably some of that in him. Right. And this is another part of the book too, right? We get to choose which parts we speak from, even as Uh, some of those younger parts or immature parts or, you know, manipulative parts are there in us, then we also get to choose, okay, what am I going to say here? Where do I want to bring this? Which part do I want to bring this from? I love that. We do get to choose because that's right. I, you know, there's that part of me that wants what I fucking want. Why isn't the little, the little tyrant child in me that wants to throw the tantrum and give me what I want. I need it. Yeah. Yeah. But when I leave from that place that again, it doesn't cultivate safety, trust, with my partner, it's not going to help her open, relax, quite the opposite. If anything, she might still give me her body just out of a motherly caretaking right. obligation stance. Yeah. But And then right, if it, for the long term, it's not gonna it's not gonna build, like you said, that trust and safety, which is the whole premise of the book, right? The trust and safety that gets created through mature honesty is a foundation of that for that passion to flourish. And, and so as a woman, what, what happens for you when a man is able to, to pause, to attune to what's happening for you, to check in, to inquire, to speak mm-hmm. from the part of him that is, that is loving, caring, that is concerned about you, not the part of him that is only up to his own agenda. What happens for you as a woman in a moment like that? God, I mean, I can even feel tears coming to my eyes as you're describing it. It's like, 
I feel loved and cared for and my heart, yeah, I feel safe. Like you were saying, my heart feels softer. Mm. I mean, and, and let's be honest too, we're all human. And so for some people that might make you feel more defensive or more on guard, or there are all these parts of us that can come in, but having been experimenting and exploring this for a long time, I, you know, the, the feeling of being cared for is now and loved is now associated with, okay, like now I can actually open. Now I can trust this person that if I can bring my heart, then I can bring my body too in a way that my body's going to be cared for and loved. And it's going to be an intimate, you know, beautiful experience. And let's talk about yeah, thank you for that. I think that's so important for men to really understand and, and have insight into a woman's actual experience in the, in the different ways that we can show up. Yeah. But let's talk about, because I, I know a lot of men, we tend to get very orgasm focused, very mm-hmm. outcome oriented, very performative even. Like I have to please you and if, and if, if you're not pleased by the way that I'm showing up, we may say something's wrong with you, but the fear is something's wrong with me. Wrong with me, yeah. And so, something else you talk about in your book is is what sex and orgasm honestly are. Actually, are honestly are, yeah. Really are, and 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 how to get beyond the limited understandings that kill intimacy and pleasure. Mm-hmm. Let's, so let's talk about that for a moment. What 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 do you what do you say? Sex and orgasm actually are. Yeah, to me, sex is it's like a playground of pleasure and connection and intimacy. And that involves the physicality of it and also the emotions of it. And also the often for some people, for me, I love bringing in like the soul and the spirit of it. Um, and, and right. Expanding and the the energetic, like not just my physical body, but my energetic body or our energetic bodies. And so for me, sitting across the table and looking into someone's eyes or touching fingers or right. It's like all of that is, I think sex, mm. we can, it might sound weird, right. But you know, a lot of people describe intercourse uh, or genital intercourse, actually like mm. that's sex and we're going for that in a lot of uh, relationships outside of the heterosexual norm, you know, that isn't necessarily yeah. the end goal. And so I've gotten to learn from mm. all different people too. And so to not try to get somewhere to, uh, like you said, that end goal, but to actually, I don't know if I've ever said it this way before, but it's like, what if we could touch each other's fingers so intimately and feel so much pleasure in the tips of our fingers that, you know, we can, people can orgasm that way. People can orgasm without even being touched. And again, the goal is not to get to orgasm, but it's almost like, you know, there's like a tiny, tiny percentage of the energetic, soulful, emotional connection that I think a lot of people experience of what is possible. Mm. And so when you take the goal of we're trying to get somewhere out of it, not to say that you can't ever go there, you can't get there. Actually, I think it makes it way more pleasurable once you do get there. Mm -hmm. But then it opens up this whole universe. It opens up this whole universe of pleasure and connection and intimacy and healing, right? Like sex for me has become, you know, a beautiful healing of sometimes emotion arises. And again, I don't necessarily know why, but now I'm crying and now I'm releasing and now somebody's kissing the tears or I'm kissing his tears. And, you know, it's, it's a beautiful way to be closer to ourselves and to someone else. I think I, I I wonder what you think about this. As a, I think a lot of men, we because we tend to be very disconnected from our bodies, from our feelings. We minimize our own feelings, and yet we then seek out extreme experiences, extreme right. sports. For example, either we do them or we watch other people do them. <laughs> we use sex to have a big feeling. Right. And, and orgasm is one of the biggest feelings a man will have in the course of an average day or average month or average year. And so what, what say you about that 
that drive to use orgasm sexes so that he can have a big feeling what what comes up for you around that yeah well as i hear you say that i think a lot of the smaller feelings haven't been allowed or haven't been tasted in a way mm-hmm. you know when i i lived in japan for a while and this might seem like a really bizarre segue i remember going to a tofu restaurant where like all they served was tofu but they served it in little drawers and they served mm. it custard style and they served it fried and they served it, you know, it was like, <laughs> wow, like, holy shit. Right. Like what if we were living <laughs> yeah. that way that a kiss yeah. could be, you know, had or created or whatever experience shared in like a yeah. hundred different ways. I think there's a going for intensity when the subtlety hasn't been Mm-mm. experienced I, I, yeah, I, I so get that. I love that. Even the exercise you just shared, touching each other's fingertips yeah, and, and being with, seeing what can you experience inside of that? Mm-hmm. Um, I think, I think, you know, like what we do in, in men's groups, the check-in where we, we just take, take 30 seconds to check into our bodies. What are we feeling there? Yeah. The, the, the lack of sensitivity in men to our own bodies. Uh, as it carries over to intimacy and then we can use our partners to create big feelings. Right. To help, right. Oh, if I do this, if I have sex with my partner, then I get to feel my own body. But what if I start from, it's funny, I'm doing embodiment in my year long men's course. This month is all on embodiment, how to actually come into your body, feel your body, be aware of your body in the everyday experience. Because then from, I mean, then from there, sex becomes way more pleasurable and you're then not trying to, no pun intended, right? Fill a hole or get something, but you're co-creating something that I think gets hotter and more exciting. And I I know that a lot for a lot of men in in relationship to women's particularly, I think because and I, I know I'm speaking a little bit in generalities here, but it's certainly been my experience with women over the years. Um, the women I've always chosen tend to feel a lot more than I do mm-hmm. innately or or just for whatever reason. Uh, and if I'm going into sex trying to create a big feeling experience, I'm usually blowing right past their sensitivities yeah. and and I, again, I know you know again men in, in, in that are that are in long term or even short term relationships, but um, because that's, that's that seems to be one of the one of the, the the top pieces of feedback that 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 women to tend to offer men is slow down. Yeah, slow down, relax the intensity for a moment. Yeah, let's build Which doesn't to it. mean always, but right, let's build to it. I mean, and, right, and then it gets it gets hotter. And mm-hmm. I remember one man in my past who we actually experimented like how slow can we go and, you know, letting that energy build and build. And I think for a lot of men, the fear is, well, if I go too slow, I'm going to lose my erection or, you know, all these different things that might happen. We might like the, just the energy might drop. We might, but I think then again, the context of sex being this playground and this exploration and sometimes you're going to be hard and sometimes you're going to be soft and sex doesn't have to depend on your erection, right? There's so many other body parts and energies and, so many things to play with that when you start to open up that playground, there's less pressure, I think yeah. for men especially, and there's way more to play with and enjoy. Yeah. Uh, there's so much more I want to talk about even just on this subject. Um, I mean, uh, Rob Candell, he's a mutual friend, right? Yeah. 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 yeah good, old, good old Rob. I love Rob. He, he opened my eyes to men, you know, this sort of cultural cliche that men just want sex. Men just, mm-hmm. that's just, that's all they want. Well, Rob helped me see that actually what one of the things men get from sex is validation. Mm, yeah. Validation from a woman or from a partner validation that says I'm okay. I'm lovable. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, again, I, I just wanted to put that on the table. There's a few other directions I want to go with our conversation, Shana. Yeah. Um, but I just felt that that was important. I think for our listeners also to hear that that drive towards just being validated feeling like i belong if my partner gives me sex lets me you know touch her or his body and, and touch mm-hmm. his mind then i'm okay yeah 
Right. Which again, when we, when we cultivate that and we really work on that on our own, we get to start with that as the, the ground, the foundation and build the intimacy from there. Cause from that place, if we're trying to get that validation, it's not, we're not really available for intimacy. We're kind of in our own monologue dynamic, right? Trying to get something over here. It's not really, it's not as much shared, um, which is important to know. And the other thing I was just thinking about embodiment, just to go back to that for a moment is, mm-hmm. and speaking of Rob, this reminded me, you know, through orgasmic meditation, I've gotten to have the experience. I've actually given, given and received orgasmic meditation. Mm-hmm. And so to be able, when you, when you really become more embodied, you can feel the pleasure that someone else is experiencing. So I talk about that in the book as like mm-hmm. the four dimensional sexual experience versus the one dimensional sexual experience. So the one dimensional sexual experience is your own physical body. And if you're not really in your body, then it's, you know, yeah, yeah. call it fast food <laughs> sex, but then right. you start to feel your own body and then you become so attuned that you can actually feel someone else's pleasure in your body. Right. That's the the benefit of coming into your body in that way. Uh, yeah, I had some, I also experimented with orgasmic meditation and was able to experience giving that to a woman and wow, what a profound sensitizing experience for me yes, yes. as well. Yeah. So let's talk about how to mature your honesty to create mm-hmm. trust and intimacy. How to, how, if, so a man's listening, he's starting to, to, some light bulbs are going off and he's going, oh shit, yep, I do that stupid thing. Oh, I do that unhelpful <laughs> thing. Oh man, I've done that <laughs> thing. Oh man, yeah, I am frustrated. I am. What can he start to do to to actually have better conversations about w- their sex life or what whether his desire or what's happening in, in ways that that create trust, safety, intimacy, and that won't just kill their their sex life? Yeah, one of the things I think is most important is to recognize that every complaint I see it as like two sides of a coin. Right, every complaint also is a desire. And so we tend to be more complaint oriented. Like, why isn't this happening? I don't like it. That happened in my marriage. I think that was one of the, one of the destructive things that happened in my marriages. And I, and I felt like I'd asked for it enough. I'd spoken my desire enough. It wasn't happening. And finally I was like, ah, then I just got complainy and it just, it didn't work. And it doesn't work as far as I can see. Right. Because people feel ashamed and people feel kind of beaten down and, and unworthy, right? So I think really one of the places to start is from desire. And if you don't know your desire, then it's important to get clear about your desire. So if it's like, instead of, ugh, I'm so, you know, I'm, I'm like, we're not having the sex I want. And right, you said being pouty or being demanding, there's a strength and vulnerability of actually showing up and admitting, hey, there's something I really want with you. You know, I, I want to experience more, whether it's in our sex life or our other area. Sex just feels like a very concrete example that we're already talking about. Um, you know, can we have a conversation about this and put both of our desires on the table and see what we each want and how we can connect more deeply about this? One thing that I've found over these decades is that a lot of people never even talk about sex. So, you know, people don't talk about sex before having it. People often don't talk about sex after having it. And I think there are beautiful things that can be discussed during and in certain ways that don't, you know, kill the passion. But I highly recommend the before and after getting clear, right? I want to know you. I want to know your fantasies and your desires. And I may not be able to meet all of them, but one of the pieces in the book is also talking about getting clear about why we want what we want. Because on the surface, it can seem like I want this one specific thing. This is my fantasy. But we want these things for all different reasons. And so if our partner is like, ooh, I don't know if I want to do knife play. Right. (laughs) Uh That's pretty intense. (laughs) That's a thing, right? (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I'm terrified, right? That's not going to work for me. But it's like, oh, what what are you wanting to feel? What are you wanting to experience? How are you, you wanting to have togetherness? And then there's more room for, all right, let's figure out something that we can do together that actually works for each of us. I love that. Just that simple framing of let, let's put 
both our desires on the table. Yeah. Let's put them both Which can on the be table. Scary. It can be yeah. scary for people to hear because it's like, oh, if you have these desires and I haven't met them yet, then is something wrong with me? And do you not love me? And are you not attracted to me? And are you leaving me? And right. I've definitely gone down that path of being the one receiving. So it, it's simple. And I also just want to make space and people to have compassion for yourself that, and then if I say it, what if somebody doesn't like it? And then what if they think I'm perverted or what if they think yeah. I'm this or that? And so fraught, tender. fraught with potential challenge. So really important to approach that. I mean, it's easy to say what I'm about to say, but so let, let's, let's check in to see if this isn't the case for people. Like what I want to say is it's easy. It's, it's, it's important to approach that in, in a spirit of partnership, mm -hmm. in a spirit of non-judgmental, being non-judgmental and non-shaming, et cetera. But what if someone doesn't have that in their relationship? What if they like, again, sex has been a difficult topic for years. Yeah. Like you said, they haven't talked about it. There's so much energy built up in, in feeling ashamed or so much of the sex life they're having, you know, to, to really have an honest conversation about it means that a lot of the stuff that's been living in the shadow now has to be put that's on the true. table. Holy yeah. shit. How do we even begin to approach that? Yeah. So, and I think this is where it can be really helpful, right? To have someone like you or me or a therapist or a, you know, a sexological yeah. body worker, someone who can actually guide some of that process. But I think the first doorway in is, Hey, I'm noticing that we don't, you know, we're not talking a lot about what we each want or what we're struggling with. And we're maybe, maybe, you know, we're more distant or we've kind of gotten into this rut or this routine. And part of the context that I like for people to bring, if this is true, is like, I love you or I care about you or I want to be closer to you, right? If we don't set a context, so imagine I say, right, we've gotten into this rut. It seems like things aren't, you know, we're not really connected. If I don't add the context of I want to be closer to you, the other person is probably going to go to like, oh my God, are you leaving me? What is it? You know, yeah. what, what's happening? Right. We, we kind of worst case scenario often, at least I do in my head. So sharing that context of, Hey, I want to be closer to you. And I'd love for this to be a, an exploration together. Like, would you be willing, mm -hmm. you know, could we try some things? Could we read this book together? Could we listen to this podcast together? Could we take a workshop together? you know, and then to get curious, what do you, what do you really want? What do I really want? How do we want to do this relationship instead of what are we just, what do we slid into mm -hmm. that maybe is not as satisfying as we want it to be? I think that's, that's great advice. I'm such a fan of working with someone to help you bridge these, yeah. these potentially difficult conversations. I mean, my yeah. wife and I, we have a go-to therapist that if something's yeah. bigger than us, that we feel like we just, it's, it's just too hot to touch by ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're hotheads. Yeah. Uh, let's take it to, let's take it to our guys. So smart. We all need that. I yeah. have that too. Yeah. Um, for someone, I remember uh, I was in a relationship that would become a long-term relationship very early on. I mean, within a few months, maybe my my partner at that time said something that felt very shaming to me about mm -hmm. uh, 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 sexual desire, or just a, a, a yeah, some, something sexual that that I shared that I enjoyed or or uh, would be would love to see. I wasn't demanding it. I just was sharing it. I remember she shamed, she, she said something that felt very shaming and I didn't catch it right away. I had to process it for a day, but I told her mm -hmm. the next day, uh, very lovingly, very, very clearly. I said to her, that's, that's it. That's not going to work for me to, mm -hmm. to, 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 to be for shamed you. for yeah. my desire. You don't have to do the thing that I spoke about, yeah. but it's not, but okay I, I can't have me. that dynamic in our relationship. Yeah. Right. And, you know, she had a moment of, of, I mean, shame came up for her and she cried right. for a moment, but boy, you know, it was two minutes of discomfort and it never happened again. And it, yeah. you know, it really set the stage for, for, a, for a beautiful dance between us. And look, that's easy ish when you've, it's not easy, but let's say it's simple. Let's it's not, not easy. Simple, not easy. Simple, not easy. Let's say, let's say that, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um, when you're first starting out in a relationship to set those boundaries, to at least speak to that early yeah. on. And, yeah. and, and I, and, and I get, boy, when the years have gone by and you haven't 
the stakes are higher, right? It's mm-hmm. scary. And it's like, oh, is this all going to fall apart? I mean, that's why I call it human practice. And that's why mm-hmm. I have these conversations with men where we, you know, it's like a role play, but I, I, I don't try to be someone else. Usually I just, I'm like, all right, let's talk about this. And what would you say? And okay. How might I respond? This is what's coming up for me in the moment. And then there's room to cry. There's room to feel pissed. There's like, there's room for all these things that then when you take it back to your relationship, the fear is, Oh my God, I'm going to break something. Right. And, mm-hmm. um, I don't know if we're going to get through this and we might have to, you know, what if we, what if this crushes our relationship? So that's why I like to practice those conversations with men so that yeah. there is a little more self knowing and, yeah. Okay. This is what it feels like when I'm vulnerable. This is what it feels like mm-hmm. when I'm saying something that I don't know how it's going to be received. So as I was preparing for our conversation, I, I was reflecting on what are the common complaints that I hear from men in, mm-hmm. in around sex particularly. And so I want to just throw some of these at you and uh, including okay. one very specific comment that, uh, that a man made recently mm-hmm. in one of my relationship courses. And, and, um, now we could probably deal with each one of these individually, yep. but I want to just hear just what 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 comes up for you because you know the yeah. it's like the, the the land of 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 complaint is, is a lot of chatter, is a lot going on. Yes, but I bet there's a common thread or there's something you know underneath it all. I'd love to hear just what comes up for you. So just just short little list, not a long one. Okay. Uh, she doesn't want it when I want it, and she should want it when I want it. Mm. I wish she would initiate more. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm afraid to ask for what I want. She'll make me feel bad about it. Uh, mm-hmm. I can't stand the thought of her having past lovers. Mm. Right? I wish she was more adventurous in bed. Mm-hmm. I'm afraid I can't please her. Mm-hmm. And and here's here's the specific one that a that that a man said. Um, now that we're married, it seems like she needs the stars to perfectly align for us to have sex. sex. Like she, (laughs) she needs so many more things to be a certain way. What is going on here? Yeah. So in the face of sort of, again, just a, you know, a smattering of, 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 of these are all from men specifically. Yeah. What, what comes up for you? How, How do, how do men approach their own complaints? Yeah. There's a couple of things I'm noticing that as a woman who is now a parent who has, you know, lots of responsibilities, it does sometimes feel like the stars need to align. But I think that couples can play with that together. It's like if sensuality isn't a part of the everyday, if the everyday is just doing and task managing and parenting and finances and all that shit, right? If, if it's not woven into the fabric of like, we are actually going to, even if it's just, you know, we're going to touch each other so that we know, Oh, I'm here. I'm with you. Or, mm-hmm. uh, then trying to get to sex. It's like trying to be a rocket in space without the, mm-hmm. you know, the liftoff, mm-hmm. <laughs> like mm-hmm. it, it's expecting something extraordinary to happen without the cultivation is like expecting a plant to grow, but the seed hasn't actually been watered, you know? Well, I love your, I love your rocket analogy. Cause I actually worked in the space program in the, in the air force. I worked, I launched GPS satellites for a living wow. for three years. Yeah. And you're right. One thing people would never even think to realize is it takes, well, really years to prepare for a rocket one day of one day. You know, 45 seconds of excitement. Right. <laughs> it takes, and isn't it like 90% of the fuel is used in the first, you know, in the liftoff? Just the liftoff, of course. That's yeah. the hardest. The hardest part's building up, building up the force to get off the ground. But the, and yeah. the thing is, is it takes, it takes weeks and months to prepare just while the rocket is on the ground right. to get the fuel, to get, make sure all the parts are working to, right. you know, so if, if you're not tending to that, Nobody just yeah. shows up and there's a rocket there and we just press a button and it and it launches. That's kind and of like what that I'm doesn't hearing. have to be work. Like I think a lot of men might hear that and just be like, oh fuck, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> what the mm-hmm. hell do I need? But mm-hmm. it can be so, especially if if the dynamic between the two of you is, hey, we're exploring this together, we're curious about each other, we're not blaming, shaming, attacking because that just like kills the passion, and then you've got to climb back up out of that hole, right? Mm-hmm. 
uh, we're not being passive aggressive with each other. So again, all of that's background and that needs to, to happen and be cultivated. But then there's weaving in these, Oh, like moments of appreciating each other and seeing each other's beauty or hotness or strength or, you know, all of that. Yeah. It is. It's kind of like a, a garden or a rocket ship that needs to be tended to. And so to then be able to shift from fuck, that's going to be a lot of work to, huh, how could that actually be enjoyable and Mm -hmm. playful? And how could that be something that we could do together that would be intimate? Again, the longer the relationship has gone on without that, the more resentment that's there, the more we need to release that. I mean, sometimes I hold space for men to just dump and vomit. And I'm like, okay, say all the things, complain in all the ways you want to complain. And now let's actually empower you, right? Because it's not a very empowered place to be complaining and feeling like a victim. And it's okay. We have that part, but okay, then how do we actually, you know, get on board to create something beautiful? My wife and I have a daily practice where every morning we hug intentionally, Mm, you know, love that. Not not side hug. If I ever try to side hug her, which sometimes I do because I'm in my go mode, <laughs> <laughs> you know, she, nope, she grabs my shoulders, turns me, squares me towards oh, her. I love and, that. You know, and what I, you know, as you're just sharing this, what I, what I realize, what's a really important, you know, I call it, a, it's a connection practice. It's mm-hmm. a, it's also a, a, we're choosing relationship again today practice. Yeah. It's leaning yeah. into each other practice. Choosing her every I'm, day. Choosing her every day. Mm-hmm. And I'm realizing too, though, it, it also helps our bodies stay familiar with each other, stay comfortable with each other, stay relaxed with each other, such that yeah. when, when, so making love is not a, a huge leap yes. of unfamiliarity. It's, it's, oh, our bodies, you know, we're touching every day, our bodies in a non-sexual way, but it's like, again, it's like, it's like fueling the rocket. And it is sexual, right? It's sensual, sexual, it could be sexual, it could be loving, it could be, Yeah. But I talk about that too, when men are dating, like if you're just having an intellectual conversation on a date and you get to the end and you want to have something be sensual, it's going to feel like a leap. Whereas if in the conversation, you're actually aware of your body and her body and the emotional content and the energetic content and you're right relating in that way where all of that is happening, then it's, it's more seamless. It just feels like the next thing versus like stop, change, start. (laughs) Right. Uh, just a couple more questions, but th- I think this is such a, a really important and beautiful conversation, Shana. Last question, then I have a little final round of questions. Okay. Um, what do you think men need to know or learn just in general to create a truly fulfilling, intimate relationship? Mm-hmm. Now, there's a lot of things, but like, what's, what's, what's one thing that if our listeners were to walk away from, they'd be like, okay, that's the, that's something that I, that, that would make a meaningful difference. Okay. I think if, so is this, if men in heterosexual relationships are we talking about? Uh, predominantly, I would say. Okay. Predominantly, but right. This could be for anyone. Yeah. Um, but let's say for men in heterosexual relationships, I think there's a sense that when a woman brings a kind of intensity or an indifference or all those things that that is the like end game. That's what's really going on. I think when people start to recognize that there's always something vulnerable under the surface, there's always a, you know, a deeper, more vulnerable longing or disappointment or feeling unseen, yeah. misunderstood that that's, you know, that we're all human and we're all feeling that. And if we actually start to relate on that level, yeah, we start to trust each other more. Like you said, we have more safety and then we can build passion on that. But if we're trying to build passion before we've gotten to those deeper, more vulnerable places, I think that's why it, it burns out a lot. And mm-hmm. women especially are really sensitive to that. Like, and they don't always know to, they don't always know that that's what's going on. Right. I've trained myself to be able to say what I'm noticing that is more in a feeling sense. Yeah. I think that's what I often see. I think that's really important. Like I'm seven years into my relationship with my wife and still learning to not take her so literally, to not get latched on to her every word or upset and breathe into my own body, relax, allow her to, 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 to do the thing, whatever she needs to do in this moment. And then, and then have a a conversation about what's underneath Mm -hmm. what's happening for, if that's even necessary at all. Um, Because when I take her literally in, in a moment of her venting, not even about me, just in general, if I get hooked, uh, we're, 
screwed <laughs> and not not in the fun ways not in a, not in a good way <laughs> so, uh, i i call it get beneath the level of complaint yes um but that's so great that's really helpful thank you and that's a part of mature honesty too right is like actually getting to that vulnerable layer like you're saying. right yeah well uh shane i've got one more little lightning round of, of lightning questions round. okay something something i'm experimenting with in in the spirit of connecting to our bodies and our emotions and our feelings and so i call this your your five core emotional triggers okay your five core emotional triggers and and here is it's very simple what makes you mad mm. uh disrespect me too mm. what makes you sad walls or like not being able to be connected mm. what causes you to feel joy mm. i think love and play love and play and what causes you to feel fear lack of consciousness or awareness mm. in in yourself others both mm -hmm. both <laughs> yeah okay and finally, what, what causes you to feel, this is a dealer's choice here, what causes you to feel shame or embarrassment or just want to hide from the world? Yeah. I mean, I think that's what I was feeling yesterday is like wanting to, being more visible and then wanting to hide. The The shame feels like, what if it's not good enough? Oh, I feel like I could cry again. What if it's not good enough? What if it's not, yeah. What if it's not good enough? What if it doesn't reach people or support you know what it what yeah i think it all goes back to what if it's not good enough what if i'm not good enough and then people see that right well thank you thank you for your vulnerability in this final yeah. round and i think just you know from our conversation here from having uh talked with you before and and you know for i think going back a couple years now easily yeah. And uh, just knowing what I know of your work and who you are and, and, and what we've talked about here in this conversation today and knowing what, what so many men and women are, are struggling with around sex and honesty and, and sharing desire and how to do this in ways that are honoring of everybody. And uh, I think we're going to sell some books for you from this conversation. And I think <laughs> I, I am confident that at the very least, look, I'm an author, so I get it. Like, you know, I've got a couple of books and there's always that fear and you, you, you get your book on Amazon. There's always, there's, I don't care what the product or book is. If you look at mm -hmm. the, the, the star ratings, even the, the best products out there, they've got 80% five stars, you know, 10% four stars. Yeah. And there's a, that little handful of one stars where people just have something nasty to say about it. So mm -hmm. like that just comes with the territory, but yeah. I'm, this is such an important conversation that you're stewarding Thank for you. people so i'm very uh excited for people to get your book tell tell people where they can get your book uh yeah bring us into that yeah so if you go to my website shanajamescoaching.com and shana is s-h-a-n-a shanajamescoaching.com slash honest dash sex it'll take you to all the different places that you can get it and you can also go back to the website and if you fill out a little form, you get a free gift that is my response to, do you remember the 36 questions to fall in love? Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. In the New York times. And I was not totally satisfied with that. I thought it was, it was a good start, but I wanted more questions to create in, like actual intimacy. Mm -hmm. uh, so I created 36 questions for better sex and connection. And so you can get that once Very you buy cool. the book as well. Very cool. Well, I am going to put your book on my required reading for uh, all the, the, the men's work that I do. So uh, Shana, thank you so much for coming on to uh, Men This Way podcast today. It's been an honor to have you. Oh, thank you. It's an honor to be here. And thank you for doing the work and going first and being vulnerable and, you know, showing men how. Thank you so much for listening, and thank you again to Shana James. You can find Shana and her book, Honest Sex, at shanajamescoaching.com. It's Shana, S-H-A-N-A, jamescoaching.com. And of course, this link and any resources mentioned in the podcast will be in the show notes at brianreeves.com slash podcast. 
Also, remember, if you'd like to experience empowering transformational coaching with me to help elevate your intimate relationship experiences or just elevate your life in some meaningful way, go to brianreeves.com slash elevate. It's brian with a Y, reeves.com slash elevate and fill out the application on that page to get started on your coaching journey with me. Now, depending on where you hear this, we may be full in the Elevate 2023 program, but no worries. Just fill out the application there as there are other ways we can work together to help you get where you want to go. Finally, please go write a review of this podcast right now on your podcast app because doing so, it helps this show immensely. It also helps other people realize that this is a trustable space. I deeply appreciate it. And don't forget to subscribe yourself while you're at it. I'm your thriving life and relationship coach, Brian Reeves, Brian with a Y, Reeves. Until soon, keep your head up, your breath relaxed, and your thoughts inspired.